Hi, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today is another student QA podcast. So Devin Hedge has joined me. Devin is an enterprise transformation consultant at Leading Agile. Devin, say hi. Hi there. And today we're going to focus on a question I've been waiting to do for a while. So whenever I do the CSM and CSPO classes at the end, I offer students the opportunity to come up and, and record a question to use in a podcast. And a while back, a guy named Joel had a question about contracts. So I'm going to play the question for you now. My name is Joel, and my question is, when you are a consulting company and you are estimating work for a competitive deal against competitors who are going in with waterfall approaches, how do you create your estimate for Agile so it doesn't create the perception that you're being vague or not giving as much detail as someone who's handing over a detailed Gantt chart and work breakdown structure. Okay, so I'm going to ask in a moment, Devin, I'm going to ask you to comment on this in a moment. But before you do, just so that I can get, because it's all about me, I want to get something out of this too. I'm going to tell you what I usually say in class. So I'm going to let you coach me as well. Um, when this topic comes up in class, and it did come up in the class with Joel, and we talked about it in that class. People say, I don't understand how we can do Agile with a fixed big contract, or I don't know how to write my contracts, or anything about fixed costs it gets people all in a thing. And so I say, well, all right, you got a traditional project. How do you figure out you know, what that's going to cost? I say, well, we guess. I say, okay, you know how you do it in Agile? Same way. <laughs> we do the same thing. But when it comes to writing the contracts, I, I usually say I might write a contract that says, Current understanding of desired end state is X. Um, this many people will work with that understanding, but will be directed by customer or will, will work as directed by customer. I basically want the contract to say, I'm sending you a bunch of guys. They're there for this long. You make them do whatever you want. You want to write software, bake a cake, mow the lawn. It's up to you. Um But I, I'm curious to see how you, you are a lot more sophisticated about this stuff than I am. So what's your what are your thoughts on this? Angel's question. Well, so I, I, I kind of ran into this when I started bringing Agile to the government because the government likes definitive answers. Yeah. You know, it's a convergent thinking at its worst. Yeah, this is a tough one. So there's been a couple ways I've seen this play out. One is to break about break apart contract phases. So what, what you're going to do is you're going to, one, you're going to look at each of the major pieces of functionality and your first phase and you're going to have a, a fixed cost for this phase, right? Okay. Fixed cost for the phase is literally storyboarding and road mapping. Okay. Now that gets to sound like yeah. can be turned into. It sounds like the old timey way of doing things, Devin. Yeah. It, yeah. So it's a little dangerous there, right? Okay. To slip but and slope. what you put in it, what you put in there also is infrastructure stand up proof of concepts around the risky areas and your UX experiments with your user groups. Okay. Okay. If I was to put just that phase, just what I just said, up against any waterfall group that has said their analysis and design is, you know, X amount of long period. Yeah. Uh, the first thing I'm going to find is I'm going to beat the pants off of them. Why? Because one, I made it fixed price, fixed duration. Okay. I didn't make it fixed scope. Okay. Okay. What I'm looking for is that first cut at the MVP, the, the minimal viable product. Okay. okay? I'm not even going to tell you that I'm going to get done with analysis and design. That's not the goal. 
the goal is to get to what is the first thing that we can build that tells us that we're building the right thing and we're building it in the right way. So can I can can I pause you for a second and ask you a question about this? Because the way that you just explained it is not the way that I've thought of it before, but it sounds like you're basically writing a contract for a spike. It's basically writing a contract for a spike. Now, what is the goal? The goal the is just to, to figure out what the, the MVP, MVP is. Yes, and it's also to determine your interrelationship working with the client. Okay. Can they work with a, uh, an agile group, right? You're not and, putting that in the contract, though. <laughs> Right? No. Okay. No. But it's it's an you're running it as an experiment <laughs> yeah. to know whether or not you should even waste your time. Plus you're gonna make money off of it. Yeah. Right. I want to I, so I want to pause on that because that's an important thing that I think people forget. Like nobody thinks about that. But you have to decide if this client, if you're a good fit, or the same way that when you do pilots in, of agile transformation, it's not to to make it work. It's to figure out what happens when you throw that rock in the pool. Yeah. What happens to the rest of the pool? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's that. There's also you have to be able to determine if the client understands the value of agile, okay. doing things in an agile way, and whether or not they are comfortable flipping the golden triangle upside down. Okay. So a lot of a lot of the contract is trying to pretend to meet the the needs for certainty that the customer has or giving them something that is certain as you can possibly give them, but creating a test for you to find out how the two of you are able to interact together in this format. That's true. And, and you're going to come out with something valuable at the end, something valuable that's actually working. Yeah. Right. Uh, it also gives you a gauge on, so here's the heart, the, the hard thing with contracts, knowing what kind of velocity you can actually sustain with a particular client. Okay. Because you, you as a as a company, consulting company, you may think you know. Well, we know that our velocity stays between X and Y, generally all the time. <laughs> Not but with the this moment client. That I, yeah. Well, the moment that I throw the client as the chief product owner, yeah, which they are, it's right? all upside down. It's it's you know how fast, how much backlog are they maintaining for you? And is it a good backlog? Are they used to, uh, you know, do they understand what a backlog really is? Well, what the requirements like? of being a CPO or even a PO yeah. are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So that's the, that's the first phase. Well, hold Once on. You, oh, go you're you're going to figure out a lot of stuff there, and then you can actually use it for projecting out how many quarters or how many months of contract you need. So some of the larger traditional consulting firms are a little uncomfortable with this approach because they're still transforming themselves to work in an agile way, right? But one of the things that you have to be able to give your client is the ability to cut it off when it's good enough. Okay, so the first part that we talked about, do you have a, and maybe there is, maybe this is an it depends question, but... Is there a recommended or an advisable length of time or or cost that you should expect if you're doing that initial phase or, or just something that would give somebody a sense of like how big should that part be? Um, I would only go somewhere between a month and a quarter depending on the complexity. And, and the goal is to try and reduce complexity to a very, very small thing, that MVP, right? 
Okay. Now, after that, you're going to start doing work in, in – it sounded to me like you were advocating for time box contracts. Is is that correct or not? After that yeah. initial phase? Oh, yeah. So yeah, we'll be every, here for three months. We'll do whatever you want. This is how much it costs. And we'll renew every three months. You can kick me out every three months. But you also have to make sure that there's deliverables within those three months and that the contract is written such a, in such a way that the customer has – flexibility to make adjustments during those three months. And, and you have to make sure that those deliverables aren't documents, that it's working tested software or working tested code or working tested product or working tested system. So why couldn't it be, why couldn't it be a document like a manual for a support team to use a product? Couldn't that be? Well, that's a product. I so, said working tested software. I said working tested product. That, okay. uh, if okay. the manual is the only product. You mean, okay. okay, no documentation like a requirements document. I got it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, artifacts can be specified in the, in the contract, right, that you're, you're going to produce them. I would try and produce them in a very agile way, like Wikipedia, yeah. uh, software, software as code, code as documentation, if I can get it out of my mouth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you need to focus on the, the deliverables is the actual working product, yeah. not documents okay now did you have another way you wanted to talk about with this uh yeah there is so i've given you the primary approach there's there's the other part of this which is you have to ascertain if the client and the clients more importantly the client's contract department understands how to engage a company using agile practices okay i i ran into this with uh a particular federal agency, I won't mention who it was, they were still transitioning to where uh, they hadn't fully been brought up to speed, trained, and and gotten any experience on guidance on, on agile projects, right? So they were in transition, and they were putting bids out to the marketplace that had language in it that would prevent me from running the project in an agile way. Okay. If you see that, you have to But how would you know? How would you know if you're if you're the company that's sending out the bid? Like they're not oh, gonna yeah. know. Yeah, if if you're the company sending out the bid, you need to just be coached on it. Okay. I mean, that, but if you're the that, company taking simple. on the work, you have to go through that contract with a fine tooth comb and make sure that it gives you the freedom to work in an agile manner. Absolutely. And if it if it doesn't, you know, you got a hard decision there. Do you have the relationship to where you can say, Hey, it, you know, we deliver in an agile way this contract is not written in that way. Can we work with you to actually get the, rebid this, or in a in a generic way that allows people to use waterfall or or agile? Or you have to have the discipline to say we're not going to bid on it. Well, there's one other option too, and it's the option that all the digital agencies struggle with: is if a digital agency wants to do agile, and they send out a contract, they have to take on bite the bullet on teaching the customer how to do agile. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the customer's not paying for that because they didn't want to be agile in the first place. Um, I, I, yeah, on the digital I side, a freebie. Of time. Really? Yeah. Wow, I haven't heard that one. I, I wouldn't do it for free. I'm, call me a well, capitalist pig if you a want. Long history of dysfunction. <laughs> long history of dysfunction on the digital side, being that the client and and agency relationship, but that's different. Yeah, so. yeah. So, if people, do you know of? Are, are you aware of? Um, templates or resources or anything like that 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 joel could go to if he wants to kind of see examples of this kind of stuff or to learn more about it yeah strangely enough the u.s government 
<laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. So uh, the Department of Defense, uh, a, a fellow that, that used to work for a company named Sapient, was working within the Department of Defense uh, after 9-11. There was a deep need to move some work through and get things into the field for the military. And so they said, well, why don't we do this in this agile way that this guy named Sutherland keeps talking about? And so uh, a guy named, no, no joke, Don Johnson, uh, helped write uh, the legislation. <laughs> why, uh, why you got to be picking on Don Johnson, man? <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, <laughs> he, he helped the, the Congress write the legislation for the Department of Defense. The, the rest of the government liked it so much that they, they picked it up. So there are sites on the Department of Defense. Uh, it's called Defense Acquisition University, which has – talks about how to write contracts for this stuff okay this is awesome so thank you for that so i'll make sure to include links for that um and if people want to follow up with you they can find you on twitter at agile devon or on the leading agile site on your profile page which i'll include a link to and they can also find you on linkedin so dude thank you very much for doing this my pleasure i'm glad people are asking this question because we we run into this all the time where an organization says, great, we want to outsource this. And, and so they just go use their normal contracting yeah. <laughs> vehicle to do it. And it just falls on its face. And I'm like, wow, uh, you didn't set yourself up for success there. Yeah. This is great. Thank you, man. My pleasure. <laughs>